Is that what it is? That's a lepidop lepidop lepidopterist. I'm trying not to say rabbits. Hello and welcome. I'm Steve. I'm Trevor Slattery. I'm an actor. <laughs> and I'm Brett. <laughs> and this is Fools with Tools, a podcast for the learned lap lapidary. Uh, so, gentlemen, how are we all? What's everyone up to in this super exciting Twixmas time? Uh, Brett, you go first. All right. Um, honestly, I have not been up to much other than trying to relax. I feel like the last week has been general ketchup um general ketchup is a funny image <laughs> in my mind so don't go fry up... sergeant <laughs> pickles we cleaned up around the maker ranch just because uh, as as usual with a bunch of us working it had kind of gotten out of sorts um it kind of feels good to end the year with a clean workspace, you know, trying to get things back in order, at least for their sake, um, because I, I really don't have a lot of stuff over here. Um, the idea of doing a little bit more production work uh, for the people around the house, Ben got a new camera. He got that new Sony that Mike had. Uh, so we've been playing around with the frame rate settings and shooting slow-mo with the Sony and... Uh, the gimbal is on the dock to be used soon with that high speed. The footage was very, very clean, and it's really neat to shoot high speed of stuff. And if anybody's yeah. been paying attention, I don't even know if he's posted anything about it yet, but Ben bought a load of like $40 Amazon swords. <laughs> They're all just punched out stainless steel. Yeah. You know, some of them are listed as tactical, tactical machetes and, I don't know. He's got one that looks like a katana without a guard. Yeah. They're very silly. And I love it because we just get to watch him chop scrap wood and then we turn it into firewood and then we make a fire in the fire pit outside. <laughs> That's all good. Uh, yeah. But as far as getting work done, I've been doing uh, a little bit of uh, side side work that's been needing to get done. I made a couple of jigs for the anvil uh, because I'm making more of the sculptural pieces and realized that uh, our friend John D. Harvey gave me the suggestion, I don't know, a year or two ago. And also David France, who I'm sure more people are aware of now. He's He's been showing up a lot more in various social medias. Uh, but they work on the tentacles. They, they both do a lot of the tentacle work and uh, suggestions from both of them for punching is to weld up a bit of angle iron on a plate and have it yeah, able yeah, yeah. to set the taper and all that kind of stuff. So finally made one of those jigs or, or holders. I don't know what you call it. Uh, prepped some of the material itself to do a couple of those. And yeah, a little bit of just playing video games and watching media. I gave Wonder Woman a shot. I really wanted it to be good. That's but, never gonna happen. Uh, it's it's too bad. So I've been trying to just watch uh, a little bit of media in the backgrounds, try and find some new things while I've been doing various paperwork and whatnot. So I'm pretty sure the cabin submission stuff that I did a week ago that I was all excited about. <laughs> I think everybody from the county slash state just 
takes the rest of the year off. So I assume I'm not going to hear anything back from them until new year, which is fine. I can, I can wrap up the end of the year, getting a lot of this to-do list knocked out and just feel like I haven't been super productive, even though I have been productive. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 But yeah, I think like at this time of year is a bit like that for everyone. Everyone's just a bit kind of, yeah. Um, (laughs) Which is a very technical term. There you go. Uh, yeah. Al, what about you? What have you been up to in this time? Um, of- yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's been quite productive for me, actually. I've. Um... Of course it fucking has. Oh, God's sake, Steve. <laughs> um, so just before Christmas, I managed to get the last of the animations out. Um, it was down to the wire on Christmas Day because I was absolutely fucked. <laughs> uh, and I still need to get the last one out, but it was an easy one because it was Die Hard because it, yeah. it had to be Die Hard. Oh, um, totally watched Die Hard 1 and 2. Nice. Um, I think that. I think a lot of people were doing so. I thought it was nice to get that out on the last day. Yeah. Um, and that was super satisfying. Um, and I also made burgers on Christmas Day because I was I couldn't decide what to do. And after yep. last year's epic Christmas lasagna, which took like three days to make in total, <laughs> um, I thought I'd take the easy route and just knock out some burgers. They were super nice. They um, were so good. They were, they were. They was a really good shout. I was like because i bought a steak i bought like a ribeye steak just to have and i was like you know what this would just be 10 times better as burgers um so i've literally just finished bottling the first batch of cider Woo-hoo! i'm gonna open it now so it's like oh, oh, I'm so satisfaction wait this is cider not scrumpy right Need to get that little, little, little glug, glug, glug. Oh, that's dry. Oh, <laughs> yes. Right up my street. Mm. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. So it's it's cider. It's not scrumpy. What's the difference? Uh, scr- scrumpy takes its name from the tradition of stealing apples or scrumping for apples. Um, so scrumpy traditionally is rather than being a single variety of apples or a known mixture of apples, it is just whatever apples you can get hold of. Uh, generally, scrumpy tends to be a little bit cloudier, a little bit rougher. Um, and It's the moonshine of the cider world. Yeah, exactly. A little bit uh, naughty. Yeah, it's it's the good stuff. It, it tends to also, Scrumpy tends to also be the stuff that's in, in like the six and a half upwards abv um so yeah it tends to be the stuff that that'll uh take your life out you know about it five i had some beautiful cider for it's hard to tell when it's like when it's not sparkling Mm. but that that's the thing cider shouldn't be sparkling no it's fucking anyway all right go on good good um oh god that's nice um and Again, very last minute, um, mainly because I was working right up to the wire. Um, I finished off some gifts, uh, which was, as, as I kind of touched on last week, some little bespoke uh, Funko Pop superheroes. Fucking good. Uh, they're super nice. Um, the, the fun part was actually making like the backstory for the superheroes and coming up with the names and the identities and like yeah. the, the special powers and stuff. Um, <laughs> Cause it's for two little girls. So just giving them their own little kind of versions of, of superheroes, I thought was a nice gift as opposed to just getting, just buying them something. Um, and I don't think I'm going to 
there's not going to be like a film or a video or anything because I'm always just a bit sensitive about yeah like, having yeah. kids involved and stuff. Um, especially with like the names involved and things like that. So I was just a bit yeah, hesitant. Exactly. I might put some on my Patreon because I think people on there are a little bit more trustworthy than the general internet. But um, yeah, they, they, they turned out really well and I'm, I'm really getting a sort of um, a, a flavor for kind of kit bashing and like um, customizing stuff and toys, especially. Yeah. Um, it all started with the the the... The toy surgery that uh, Soph and I did way oh, back yeah, yeah. at Maker Fair, um, but that was more of your kind of Sid from Toy Story approach. Whereas this is heading towards a much more kind of Refined. almost like finished article. Well, yeah, like almost like try to look like a real thing. Like, yeah, um, I went to a um, the very glamorous Huddersfield Comic Con last year, <laughs> um, which is actually a lot better than it sounds, mm-hmm. uh, and. It can't be any worse than it sounds. Let's be it honest. was. It was actually really good. I was really pleasantly surprised. Um, and there was there was a lot of like bootleg toys. Yeah, which I just I'd never seen. Any, I'd never seen them before. I didn't know this was a thing. Um, but it, you know, it was like stupid characters or scenes from movies recreated as action figures, nice. and they were like they looked like fully legit, and they were all like in proper packaging and proper properly painted and stuff. And but none of yeah. them were for sale because they were just one offs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was just somebody was there using them to promote, like, say, their um, their illustration booth or their yeah. their line of comic books or whatever. Um, and I just thought this was really cool and really fun. So I'm going to try and experiment a bit with that kind of like bootlegging toys and maybe like awesome. <clears throat> creating stupid scenes from movies or like like superhero characters that are just so shit that they never got their own toy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, like the unsung heroes range. Um, I think that'd be super nice. Yeah. So, so sorry. Let yeah, me on, uh, interject. It's the uh, craftsman. Crafts. Craftsman calls it kit bashing. Yes. I guess it's the thing. So all the videos on kit bashing have also. Uh, that's something I super want to do. So I hope to see more photos of you doing more of that. Yeah. Nice. I need to learn. Need to learn a little bit more about how to put those old toys back together. Well, I, I found that like you can you can mix and match stuff, or I'm starting to learn how to like work with Sculpey, so you can make your own things mm-hmm. if it doesn't work. But by the time you've then just primed everything, and you start to repaint it, it looks like it was always that way. Okay. So it, the, you know, as long as the, the the kind of not completely worlds apart in terms of scale, so you've not got like really fine detailed bits and then really smooth kind of yeah. low resolution bits. It, it works the second just priming stuff just brings everything back to like one thing it's super super fun oh, okay yeah um and from there you just um now now my head's starting to race i'm like right i need to start i need to get like an air compressor and an airbrush and start doing that because at the minute it's all just hand painted hand brushed and with acrylics it's you're never going to get <laughs> like a super nice finish with that yeah um but even some of the parts i was doing the rattle can and that was like way time better so by the start, you know, you start to learn to mask and you start to learn to use proper spray paints and stuff, it's going to really just elevate it. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. E- even from the like the little I've seen of, of what you've done, though, it looks fucking amazing, man. Like, I, I'm i excited to see how far you can go with this. <laughs> I mean, it, it, as long as there's some sort of pun or cheap laugh in it, that's yeah. all I'm interested in. You know, can, <laughs> can you recreate like sort of misspelling or something or like something that was like a, a, yeah. a, a deleted scene from a film and you just end up making a character from it. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was super fun. Got those, got those finished. And then today my project was, I don't know if you guys can see, it's no good for the, for the listeners at home, but I've just taken apart my amp cause it's fucked. Um, uh, yeah. 
and then immediately got like way out of my depth. Uh, I was like, oh, I'll just open it up and see if anything's like blown or burnt. I'll check a fuse. And there's like, I'm so far, I'm at 11 different circuit boards inside this amp. <laughs> <laughs> and every one of them is just like packed full of shit. And I'm like, oh, I'm not. So I've, I've just ordered a multimeter. Yeah. Because um, I don't have a multimeter. So I'm going to learn like very basic sort of electronics maintenance. Yeah. And try and fix this amp because it's otherwise it's just a brick. Um, yeah. And get that, bring that back to life. That's me. Cool. That sounds good, man. It sounds like you've uh, you've had a, a, an oddly productive, good kind of. It, well, it's one of them. Like the second I like finished work, which was like four o'clock on Thursday. Yeah, I could just instantly switch all that shit off, and my brain could <laughs> like go right. That's it. Till yeah, I think January the fourth. <laughs> oh, you motherfucker! Yeah, I'd have to fucking think about a fucking thing. Um, so, I'm so back in straight away, every other part of my brain kicks in. It's like, right, you need to fix that. You need to clean that. You need to make that. You need, yeah. to, you know. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm flying. I'm fucking nice. flying, mate. Fucking flying, flying, mate. Flying. Um, nice. Yeah. No, I, I, uh, I, on the other hand, have to go back tomorrow, uh, which sucks. But I have had. What is it? Three, four. How many, however many days it is that we've had off? Know, I don't even know what day it is. Yeah. How many meals have you eaten? That's no, that doesn't count. <laughs> no, no. Especially at this time of year. Not only yeah, meal eight, eight, It's been eight, one continuous that. meal, that's it. Yeah, by that standard, I think I've slept uh, 16 <laughs> times. It's been yeah. 16 days, right? Um, yeah, I, 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 what have I been up to? I've had a, to be fair, I, the, the best part of um, this entirely entire holiday season so far has been this right now, sitting, watching Al with the most fluffy, adorable pigtails ever. <laughs> fucking brilliant. I'm bringing um, it back. I'm bringing back pigtails. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't um, even know how you meant to put them in. I, I was like... I, I think you've done about 10 minutes going, what are you even meant to do here? Do I need a brush? <laughs> well, how does this work? Like a ponytail is easy because you just point all the hairs in one direction and kind of tie them up. Yeah. <laughs> this involves like actual tactics yeah um but yeah no, i mean uh since last time we were working uh till six on thursday and then that was it we were done um we've got uh we're back in tomorrow but the last few days i got to spend christmas day proper um at my parents place um that was super nice but my nephew had to self-isolate so i didn't get to see any of the kids um which kind of sucks um but uh yeah and, and then boxing day we went into a higher tier of of lockdown so now i can't actually go and see anyone or anything which is super fun um but uh good work brett i'm i'm enjoying the uh the added pigtails yes um, <laughs> uh what else uh yeah, and then like so, I spent. Um, I had a few bits to to catch up on, um, and like did some house stuff and that. And today, I just went, "Fuck it, I am not doing anything proper." Nice. Uh, so, woke up a bit late, uh, made um, a big pot of coffee. So me and Ben both just kind of sat down, had some coffee, uh, had a nice slow breakfast, and then um, then I brought a, a tree stump into the house and started hacking up bits of apple wood to make a spoon-shaped object. Nice. Um, ben came down as well and joined in. Uh, Ben's, unfortunately, was slightly less successful. He's got kind of like a 
the strainer spoon where he got a little bit enthusiastic taking some meat off the back pass of the, the, spoon. Uh, the bowl. Pass yeah, the bowl, exactly. yeah, pass the spoon. Um, so, uh, yeah, that was really good. Um, and it was what I really liked about it was the fact that it was um, like it's something that I've been wanting to do for a long time, uh, but I just not had the time or the inclination to do it. Um, but by doing it, it taught me a hell of a lot about the tools that I make and why they're like this and why they're like that. It's all stuff that, you know, I've been told by Joe a million times, but having the actual experience, like the hands-on experience of how these things work makes a huge difference. Um, I mean, the guys on on uh, Knife Talk talk about it all the time. You know, if you want to make really good chef's knives, use the fucking knives, like get in the kitchen and, and make some shit. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, I think, a necessary thing for me uh, to get in and have a play um with these these carving tools um it's made me really really want to make uh, a few other little bits um one of which i'm hoping to maybe make in the next few weeks uh but i'm not going to talk about that in case i don't get the chance to because i am um, I, I don't want anyone else to make it before i've done it because it's really cool <laughs> smart smart i know as soon as i say it fucking Tim Cunningham or someone like that is going to go, oh, yeah, I can do that. That's easy. And I'm just going to be like, oh, you bastard. Um, but yeah, uh, so I'm hopefully going to have a, another fun little project soon. Um, and yeah, I think like I, I've just spent a lot of time kind of figuring out what sort of skills and experiences I want to pick up over the next uh, 12 months. So that segues beautifully into our, our subject, uh, which is... Nice. The, the same pretty much every year around this sort of time um just like what what we've got to look forward to what we what what skills we want to pick up what experiences we want to have over the next 12 months um obviously a lot of it is dependent on what happens with uh with rona but <laughs> i'm hoping uh that we get some semblance of normality back because uh, i really want to travel around and do, and do a few things um there's some courses that i want to do uh one that i think I'm going to speak to Nick about booking you and me on Al, which is the deer in a day course. Oh, um, fuck yeah. Yeah. Which will be really, really good. So that's a, um, uh, a one or two day course, uh, at the hunter gatherer HQ up in near London area, like that side of the country, the Southeast, um, the bottom. The, yeah. The, the shit part of England, basically. <laughs> um, and, uh, uh, yeah, that's basically di- uh, butchering a a whole roe deer, um, and uh, and going through like everything. And it's it's going to be really good fun. Nick's a great teacher, great demonstrator. So I'm super looking forward to that happening. And I think as well, as well as like getting to get some delicious, tasty deer flesh, mm-hmm. um, it'll be a really good experience to learn a little bit more about actual. Um, butchery and and because obviously you know i've i've got a couple of nice kitchen knives but to learn a little bit more about the actual butchery side of it um and the kind of tools they they use um i'm quite excited about that to kind of get a get a handle on that sort of stuff just while you're on the subject steve of kitchen knives i can't remember whether it was jeff or someone else had just made like a cleaver for an asian chef like an old lady and it was a proper like huge meat cleaver with like a rounded nose yeah um, you know the ones that, that like it? It, maybe it was steve yeah and it, it, steve. It, it was to like um to pork the knife mi- 
The pork knife, that's the one. The pork knife. Yeah. And it just looked like the exact perfect proportions for the job. And, yeah. and he, he just seemed like so nervous giving it uh, <laughs> to the to the chef to use. And then she was just like super happy with it. And yeah. It just, it just looked like it just like cut through pork bones like butter. Amazing. Um, yeah, because we... I, I'm just having a look at uh, Steve's site at the moment. I can't see it on there. I think it might have been in but, stories, maybe. Ah, uh, it could have been. Um, but yeah, because I know um, Nick uh, Weston, he's got a... Um, this... It looks like a maybe like an eighteen-inch machete sort of thing. It's got this weird curved handle, uh, curved blade um, that they use for doing their butchery, and it's from—I want to say it's from Sri Lanka, but that might just be because of the Letterkenny episode I was just watching. <laughs> um, but, uh, but but yeah, uh, it it was from so he, like he picked it up somewhere on his travels. He's never seen another one like it, and it's absolutely perfect for doing uh, that kind of butchery because it's because of the size and proportions and and how easy it is to sharpen. Um, he was like, you know, if, if he keeps it super super sharp, it's the best tool ever for what he does. Um, so, yeah, I think it, it it's interesting that something that you might think, oh, this is perfect for that role. Um, or sorry, like this is the, the the one tool that everyone uses for this particular thing. You might sometimes find that actually get something from a little bit left field and it it, it works better. Um because yeah, because things are like that. Nice. I don't really know where I was going with that point. So. <laughs> but you got there in the end. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um yeah, what about you guys? What sort of things do you want to learn over the next 12 months? I forgot to throw this in on the update, but I spent a couple of evenings because it's quite chilly. We haven't talked about the weather in a while now. <laughs> uh, I spent a couple of evenings working on some sewing. Ew. Still have yet to really dive into that uh, wholeheartedly. Yeah, I I love doing leather work, and I really do appreciate the process of hand stitching. Um, if I did have a machine, I'm sure I would use it. You know, like one of the I can't remember what the the big Tipman or whatever. There's a very standardized machine that a lot of people use for small leather sewing projects. I believe Jimmy's got one. Um, Jimmy has a machine. What? <laughs> anyway, uh, I actually ran uh, the sewing machine the other night. I, I needed a little bit of tutelage in terms of setting it up, but you know it, it's probably the first time I've done that since yours, Al, which was a year, a year and some ago uh, when I just was running single stitches on those little bags, but I tailored some linen trousers or linen. They're they're not trousers. They're pants. They're pants. (laughs) They're very thin material, whatever, but they were gigantic, but I like the material for a project that I can't talk about because <laughs> if I do, Steve will steal it. <laughs> I actually I do them. that a lot. <laughs> Tons. <laughs> I actually sewed them and they fit. It is not. It was not a complicated project, but I did have to do a handful of steps to achieve the goal. And by the end of it, I can put them on and they fit and they're measured properly and I feel really good about it. And then I worked on some actual leather stitching that I needed to do 
as part of that project. And it just reminded me that, that fabric work or um, what would, I don't know what the broader term would be for sewing and, f and putting materials together with threads and needles and things. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that is the broadest term. Anyway, fabric work in general, I, I think there's an opportunity for me to expand the work that I do and add. I, I love the um, multi-material or, or medium. What is it? God damn it. Wow. I'm failing for words right now. But mixed media. Mixed media is the there term. We go. I'm for. It's something that I, I haven't necessarily been avoiding, but it's almost as if I you know, kind of put it out of my head with the forging. It's just, I make a thing out of steel and then that's the end product. If yeah. anything, it's been the the little display sculptures recently. I've put a bit of leather on the bottom, just on the bottom side of the base so that it's not raw steel touching whatever the hell it's sitting on. Yeah. That's been the only mixed media aspect about the projects that I've been doing as of late. Mm. And I feel like for a while I was really diving that I was diving down that path that a lot of my older yeah, projects yeah, yeah. were uh, leather incorporated into steel or brass and other things. Or yeah. so I don't I don't know what's been going on, but so I feel like something is starting to spark again about this mixed media yeah. aspect, and specifically with fabric work or uh, putting materials together that are skins of animals. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think that's a good point because you, yeah, you did used to do a lot more sort of, um, well, yeah, mixed media stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, but but I think, to be honest, from an outsider's point of view, I think it's most of, you know, you've got your, you got the ship shop set up, you've got your forge back and you just seem to go, ah, I I, I remember this blacksmithing thing. I, <laughs> I haven't done this in a while. I'm going to do that for a bit. Um, right. So I think you probably just needed to get that out of your system. But I I really like the idea of doing more mixed media stuff. I mean, I, I spoke about it uh, a little while back. Like, I want to do more of that sort of thing as well. I might possibly change the... I don't I don't know if I said about it on here, on the, um, uh, the Patreon ramble, but um, like, there's a good chance that over the next 12 months, I may be moving my workshop um, and possibly sharing a space with my dad, mm. um, which will just mean that I've got a space that I can go in and I can work and like go there, spend the day there and just crack on with stuff rather than mm -hmm. kind of dipping in and out for an hour at a time, mm -hmm. um, which will be really good for me because it means I can actually start working on more than just uh, the the products we're making at the workshop. Because um, I think that for me, this, this last year, it's been very, very focused on, you know, just basically batch production um especially with like the way that the um the website's gone we've just mm -hmm. we've had to really concentrate on just getting shit made um but now with a bit more free time a bit more um like a bit less in the way of responsibilities i can i can spend a bit more time fucking around with uh new and interesting things which um it should be good i'm quite looking forward to that but yeah well, i've all oh sorry that's yeah, great you can't remember uh, I also, I hadn't really brought it up uh, previously, but I did receive a wonderful package from Ula, Mr. 40 Drawers himself. I got in the Discord, the Fools of Tools Discord, 
um, servers that had been set up, and I started talking to a few of the guys about casting the coins. Remember, oh, yeah. I did the coin yeah, yeah. things. So casting was just, it was going to be really difficult for me to do because really it revolves around having a good master, which I was never really able to make. I did the electro etching on the one, but it wasn't very deep and I had to make the coin quite large. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's just a lot of brass to work with when I don't have a lot of experience in it anyways. So back to my point, 40 drawers actually wanted to try out his new resin 3d printer which is capable of getting higher detail and and a little bit cleaner um mold if you will or master anyway he sent me my coin or a handful of masters to work with and play with and then sam ritt who is also one of our good friends who has experience making jewelry and is a very talented bloke on his own right he talked me through a little bit of the process of how I could do uh, the, the, I don't know, the pour or, or the casting process. I could utilize the heat from the forge. So I, I have a crucible and I'm mixing sticks and all my things, you know, and I've got some scrap brass left over from some other projects. So I've still got that to do. And then with the treasure trade, me doing the lost wax casting for the first time. I feel like casting is also another thing that I need to like jump back into. I feel like there are way more opportunities to use the process of casting to make various things. And I've never really done it before. I did the coin and I helped Jimmy on a couple of projects (laughs) and I never really understood how much further that could go. And I feel like I've been watching so many videos on YouTube (laughs) recently of people casting things or making more friends with jewelers and uh, <laughs> you know more like fine metalwork stuff. I'm just like, oh my god, I need yeah. to learn how to do what you do. <laughs> Go on now. Uh, yeah, just on the, on the back of the casting thing, that was definitely something on my list for next year. Um, in the kind of respect that you're talking about, in terms of making something and then maybe repeats with with casting, whether it's with pewter or whatever kind of metal you can use or or if I'm going down the kind of fun toy route, um, you know, using resins and, and polyurethanes and stuff. Um, but the another type of casting that I'd really like to get into is like fiberglass. So making yes. a model, yeah, yeah. Uh, creating some sort of master mold and then be able to re- recreate that in fiberglass probably for like a lightweight alternative. So I'm thinking about like suits of armor or like mm-hmm. panels of spaceships, you know, like bigger things where you, ha- you yeah. need like an individual panel mm-hmm. um, and something that's maybe too complex or too big to vacuum form um, or just something that you would need maybe to make one or two of the same thing. Um, mm. So so casting in that respect, so learning how to properly make, you know, the, the male and the female parts to molds yeah. for prop building um, as opposed to kind of what, what you're talking about, Brett, which would be like actual casting objects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure there's a differentiation or a different terminology for it. But yeah, I really want to get into sort of learning the ropes, as it were, for for kind of fiberglass panels yeah. and mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. There's if you if you wanted to go down that route, there is a lot. Oh, sorry, there is a lot of information in, um, especially in like the uh, the like classic hot rod scene. Ah, um, nice. 
because obviously that you know there's you can buy fully fiberglass cars yeah, yeah. there's a lot of people that do um like that when they do like really nice like swept uh curves and things like that they quite often like build it up out of um uh like a wooden skeleton and then they'll yes. put fiberglass over the top yeah. and then use that as the actual car body parts um and yeah that that sounds fucking awesome well i mean because it was when i was doing full metal Atl, there was a lot of people going like oh why do you just make it out of foam like you can just watch punish props you can make foam in like a day yeah and like yeah that would be nice but it I I would know it was foam. You would know it was yeah. foam, and it would be dead bulk, bulky and thick and like flexible and like yeah. there's like a chubbiness to when people make stuff out of foam, mm-hmm. which yeah. is is cute when you're doing cosplay and it and it it, yeah. it has its it has a certain aesthetic. It kind of looks cartoony, yeah, like just the very nature of kind of this this like thick layers of foam all around you. It feels like you're in a cartoon, um, but. I think what I want to make is stuff that's more kind of in between the realms, so more kind of like movie prop um, alternatives to things. So I think fiberglass is a really cool way to do that because yeah. I know that I can't sustain another full suit of armor, aluminium panel beating thing just <laughs> for my tendons, if nothing else. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I think I'd really like to get into that. Um, nice. And just all all the kind of just the knowledge of all the all the chemicals and curing and process that goes around it. It's not yeah. not just the physical techniques of like like I've I've done panel repairs on a car before with like the little fiberglass kits you get where you just get like the little mesh yeah, yeah. and the two part epoxy and it's like that's just a bodge job and it's just yeah. filler spray you know undercoat and then you're done. Um, I'd really like to know as the actual medium. So even think going back to um, I don't know if Jimmy finished off the boat with fiberglass Brett. I don't know how far you. Got with, uh, that, yeah. with that pros, even so, so, even stuff like that where it's like the final skin on something to either waterproof it. Um, you know, I was thinking about like doing a hot tub or something, and then like how could you then do the inside so it was completely waterproof yeah. and making it bespoke. Yeah, and if you if you're playing around with stuff like that, you don't have to just stick to fiberglass. Like, um, I've got a friend who does, uh, fuck, what's it carbon fiber? Um, yes, yeah, yeah, and yeah. that. Once you know what you're doing, that's super simple. Like obviously, you've got to have the right equipment and everything. Yeah, but yeah. Once you know what you're doing, that's super simple as well. Very similar to yeah. I mean that that was one of the original drivers for it. Actually, I, I want I want to make something that needs to be super light. Yeah. And then that like straight thing I was going for was like carbon fiber. So then just learning that process. Um, yeah. Then I should be able to make something that would would suit the project. Yeah, because that's the thing is you can kind of you can learn everything on the uh, fiberglass side and then apply those lessons to the um uh carbon fiber stuff mm. but yeah no that sounds that sounds awesome man i'm i'm excited to see what you come up with in the next 12 months with that because oh. that's um the the fact that you mentioned spaceship panels just oh <laughs> you know i've Jeez. got i've got a lot of space around my cabin now <laughs> <It's> very desert-y. <laughs> i don't know oh. how much it would cost us to ship one panel at a time <laughs> But uh, but yeah no I mean I I think like I say that like I said earlier on though I think this year is is going to be an interesting one because obviously we've got the like as much as everyone's like ah oh, 2021 is going to be so much better than 2020 <laughs> like realistically it it's probably going to be much of the same um, so you know I obviously I'm excited about the prospect 
of going out to uh to the states and and staying with chris and and learning some stuff off of uh him and the guys out there um but i'm also looking at stuff close to home as well so um at the moment we're in this tier three lockdown so we can't do I, I don't actually know what the rules are but i'm pretty certain i can't do anything other than go to work <laughs> um but i'm hoping that uh things ease off a little bit so i can maybe now that he's finished well pretty much finished the workshop i can maybe go over and bug dandles uh do some more wood turning um because as boring as that stuff is to watch uh it's really good fun to do so <laughs> um so yeah i'm hoping i can maybe get over there do a little bit of that with him nice uh because i miss standards i haven't seen him in fucking ages uh, and uh and yeah i'm kind of like i i think um it, it's going to be a, a case of trying to uh, learn skills off of people in the local area um oh, cool. so again with uh uh joe um from the workshop like the the axe that i've made obviously i, I want to make a leather sheath for that so that i can keep it in the land rover safely without it damaging anything um so i'm going to go over and spend a an, an evening with joe and make a sheath for the axe and and stuff like that um and yeah just try and kind of make use of the 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 people i have around me like i'm i'm very lucky with uh the the job that i have that i get to meet a lot of local crafts people um so yeah, I'm going to try and look to a little bit more of that. I'd really, really like to do some more stuff with ceramics. Um, but that's possibly a, a case of um, uh, like either going and just taking a class somewhere local. There are a few places I can go, like Barrington and, and stuff like that, which, again, luckily we work with, so we've already got that relationship there. Um, but I don't think it's quite so easy to just set up in the, like, in the dining room a, a you know, fucking Potter's wheel and a kiln might be a little bit much. Um, but again, but, it's, it's like woodworking, Steve. It's like what what part of ceramics do you actually want to do? Yeah, exactly. Like, not everything has to be thrown on a wheel. Yeah, but I, I quite like the idea of throwing because it's it looks like fun, and also I want to pretend that I'm in Ghost. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and the other thing that we've uh, potentially got next year is earlier this year. Must have been, yeah. Yeah, it must have been this year. Um, we had uh, Will Shakespeare from um, Shakespeare Glass, which is only just up the road, um, like a, a world-renowned glassblower uh, who came and did a, a bit of blacksmithing with us and basically said, anytime you guys want to come up and have a go, just let us know. Um, so I think uh, me, Joe, uh, possibly Jimmy and Al will uh, go over there for a day at some point um, and just basically just get three uh four blacksmiths in a glassblower's workshop and see what we can come up with um which i think will be really really good fun because that'll be like combining two totally different mediums um and seeing what dumb stuff we can come up with <laughs> but uh but yeah so I, I like i don't know if there's anything really close by to you guys that you want to take advantage of or if it's more kind of online learning and stuff like that i mean there is a there is a really good um like pottery class that you can take in Leeds and, and at work yeah. we've like threatened to do it like several times and it kept us falling through and then obviously all this year we couldn't do it because you, you couldn't socialize um yeah so I, th I think that is because we, we we had this kind of like roster of shit that we wanted to learn at work 
from you know life drawing to screen printing and and there was one that was jewelry and then one that was um just doing a pottery class um yeah and, and either of those two i think would be something that i'd really like to do so i think the jewelry thing kind of yeah. ties into some of the kind of learning polymer clay and like that kind of yeah techniques for like you know rolling things out consistently getting consistent shapes learning textures and finishing so like how you get uh, a leather effect onto the clay or how you get like uh reptile scales onto you know that kind of thing so just learning those different techniques and then that can translate to anything so obviously it's it's yeah. it's practical to do it for jewelry because you you're working at a certain scale uh, yeah and you're getting all the kind of proportions and stuff right but then I think if I'd learned that, then I could translate that to bigger things and yeah, also yeah, yeah. other materials. So it's like, oh, well, mm -hmm. that's how I get that technique on clay. Can I do the same thing with panels of steel or, yeah. or um, a sheet of wood and, and, and texturing it in a different way? Yeah, I mean, because that's one of the things that, um, that, obviously, for those that know Al's backstory, as in Alex Pohl, mm. uh, like he started off as a jewellery maker and he's forever going on about how like those techniques that he learned um apply to what he does now we can see things that, like the ladles you know, yeah yeah obviously techniques learned from a beautiful really fine yeah like, detailed craft that he then blows up to something that's much more yeah and i think that's like it, it's only in the last few seconds i've suddenly thought actually shit that's a really good point i would love to learn a little bit more about the jewelry making side of things from al as well like if he's there i might as well try and take advantage um I really want to do some uh, repousserie uh, this year as well. Some like uh, copper work where you're making, like bringing stuff out like yeah. that and maybe doing some chasing. Um, but it's, it, I think like my my problem is the fact that there's so many things I want to do and I just, it, it's <laughs> finding one and sticking with it and not getting, because I've already got like a shitload of projects that I want to do for the craft that I'm already like in training as um like i want to make more axes i want to make more chef's knives i want to make more metal work things but i also want to run around and do all of the other things as well well there's, there's a couple of ways you could do it you could either plan a project and go right i need to learn how to panel beat aluminium yeah mm -hmm. building this project for instance or you're doing some only cast so you need to learn blah blah blah. so i need to so you have a a, a sort of finite deadline that's driving yeah. it or there's something that, in retrospect, they tried to do with us at university, but they basically didn't tell us what they were doing. Yeah. Uh, and this is when I was studying electronics. Um, it was only looking back years later that what they were doing was each semester, they were teaching us a discipline that, that informed the following semester. Yeah. And the idea being that at the end, you'd bring them all together in a project. Yeah. But because it was a different tutor for each discipline, and you're in a different environment and you were using different yeah. tools and different things. And they never told us it, it never, it never dawned on anyone. Yeah. So we were doing like, um, analog, uh, components, one, one term we were doing digital components. Another term we were doing, um, like circuit planning, we were doing logic gates and it all just felt like, and this was the complete new newbie beginner. Yeah. Electronic electronicists. Right. And it didn't. It never occurred to us that all the stuff we were doing was informing the next part of it. But it, it, it yeah, because it didn't literally link in until the very end. And you were like, "That's why we were doing those traffic lights, right?" I get it. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> but they never told us, and it was such a it was such a missed opportunity because it yeah. didn't give you the hunger for the next thing, and it didn't give you that sort of pre built understanding. So, like when Brett talks about kind of the things you know helping to helping you to learn new things, yeah. Um, so basically, what I'm saying is a long, a long roundabout way of saying that if you have all these things to learn, Steve, maybe there's a way that you could actually link them together. Yeah. So like, uh, oh fuck, I do this first. So then, when I go to the jewelry, I've got an idea of a project I want to do, or you know, so, yeah. so I can take that technique to that. So it's not just random because if it's just random things, they're just going to distract from one another. Yeah. Chances are you're not going to get them all done, so you probably they're, they're going to get forgotten. Yeah. But I think if you formulate in your plan right by this i want to learn this 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 and this because they're all gonna have a domino effect yeah they'll also be like way more valuable as well as opposed yeah. to, oh i remember that one time i learned esperanto it's like well <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't use it for anything else <laughs> yeah it's pointless yeah but i i i really like that idea um i think the it, it's funny you say about uh, teaching things without telling people why it's going to nice uh, without telling people why that's like why you're teaching that because we do that when we're teaching classes like that's when we um, uh, the first thing that we do most of the time for the classes nowadays is like tell people to to burn a bit of steel tell people to heat it up and just bash it around like we're not telling you how to make anything literally just get the metal hot and hit it see like experiment play around um and that is all so that later on they and i you know i i say hit it as hard as you can hit it as soft as you can see how differently it moves see how much it moves see how little it moves yeah, yeah, yeah. and um and yeah that's all so that they do that they kind of they experiment with it when it's not part of the main project yeah um but then you're learning the principles and you can yeah. go back to it and that's when it yeah, becomes exactly. But it's not like yeah. at the end of a six-week blacksmithing course, you go, remember on that first day when I taught you how to cut that wood into a certain way? And you're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Did you just karate kid me? <laughs> Get me, oh, You know, this makes me think of a comment I received in the last video. And I, I do not think the gentleman was being stinky at all. I think he was just offering advice and opinion, which whatever i don't need it i don't want that but all the same anyway his comment was about uh the usage of old spring steel because we we took an old leaf spring and cut it up yeah and you know i went through the process as i had been kind of taught or or that i had learned from watching other videos or talking to other smiths got it all the way to the end they're simple little utility knives end of story the guy's comment was, uh, you should never use those because the steel is stressed and micro fractures, you know, I, I would not recommend. Right. I mean, okay, look, there's nothing wrong with what you said. Like, there is a possibility of steel that's been put through all this, you know, work and years of, of springing around and carrying all this weight could have these micro fractures. But telling somebody like Mike, who just started, just tried forging the first time. If you, if your discussion is, Mike comes in and says, I want to learn how to forge stuff. There is a very specific project that would help me to learn this, right? Like I have a goal that I want to meet. 
So this is going to be a motivator for it. And you're like, oh, that's cool. You've never tried forging before and you have a project in mind. Let's see what we can do. And let's try not to spend any extra money by using this old steel. Now, I know of these things that it can be kind of crappy material or it may have some problems in it. But it is better in my mind to do what Steve's saying. Hit it. Spring steel is harder than mild steel. So like, just get used to it. If we ruin it, it doesn't matter. I've got more of it, you know, giving, giving a new, uh, someone that's trying something for the first time, giving them the idea of like, you could reach your goal, but if you mess this up, literally nothing is wrong with that. It's totally okay. And you have no responsibility to me to take care of this stuff. So I, I say again, the guy's comment was not necessarily wrong, but you're stopping somebody from learning a new skill or trying out these new skills that we're talking about. If you were to say to Steve, who wants to maybe get into some clay work, you're like, mm, you should really only ever use this one kind of clay and this one potter's wheel. And if you can't, then you just don't, you shouldn't do it. That, that's would... what it felt like to me is, is you're stopping somebody from even trying a new skill. I would argue against that. So, and again, like I, I'm not having to go at you or, or saying you did wrong because 99% of uh, people when they first try blacksmithing, when they're making a knife or anything like that, they go straight for spring steel because it is cheap and it's there and it's available. It's, and I will, I, I realize I'm just playing devil's advocate at the moment because I will always say to people, use spring steel. It's fucking free. Um, I think, in a situation like that where it's you and mike mucking around and if you burn it or break it or whatever it doesn't matter yes if however you're teaching an actual class and i think maybe this is where the guy was coming from i I, again i don't know i'm i'm giving him the benefit of the doubt but if you're teaching a class or something like that then you know we wouldn't ever use a random bit of spring still for the classes because you do have those micro factories and you do have those little things. And there is the potential that actually, you know, through no fault of your own, the project fails because the things you like, I, the first time I ever did any spoon carving was a couple of years ago. And I was using some kiln dried uh, wood because I didn't know any better. I didn't know that that was a really fucking bad idea. And you should do the spoon carving with as green a wood as possible because the wood's still nice and soft. So my first spoon carving project was a fucking just absolute dog shit because I used material that wasn't particularly well suited to it. Um, so whilst yes, I, I agree that yeah, just use fucking spring still cause it's fine. I do kind of understand why some people would argue against it because you know, you, you don't want Mike to feel like he's fucked up because actually the bit of material had a, had a fracture or something in it. Like it's, I, I think you need to find uh, a balance there, but I do think that things like that are are important. But again, that all comes down to experience. You can't, you know, I, the the fact that I fucked up that first spoon is good for me because it means that actually I learned. Oh yeah, that that's why you don't do it. And you know, that comes back to my original point of like, uh, you know, I now understand why the carving axes are ground like that because a conventional grind doesn't work as well because I have that experience doing it. Um, so yeah, like I say, I'm not, I, I 100% agree with you, but yeah. I, oh golly, <laughs> I, uh, 
I do kind of see why people say that stuff. And I think, but that's the thing is I think it's important to understand the reason why people can be quite defensive about that sort of thing. Cause I, I've had some heated discussions with people before where they've said exactly the same thing and they haven't been as polite as that guy. And they've been like, Oh, this is fucking wrong. You shouldn't fucking do that. Whoa, 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 this. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. But if you can argue back and say, well, actually, you know, this guy understand, like Mike understands that, you know, if there is a, a fracture in the steel, then it's probably not because of what he's done. Um, it's much better. Whereas if it's just like a back and forth of, yeah, oh, fuck you, it doesn't matter. Then it, it yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know what I mean. Oh, you wanted to say something. Yeah, my, my, my two pence is somewhere in between because I, I get this overwhelming impression that a lot of kind of classes and sort of first learning experiences are very sterile yeah. and very pre-formulated and not reflective at all of the actual um, art form or experience or mm. long-term what you're going to get out of, i.e. blacksmithing. Yeah. So I totally hear what Brett says and think Brett's right. Totally hear what Steve thinks and thinks he's right. But I think there's somewhere in between as well where actually having a fuck up in a class is actually a really beneficial thing. Because yeah. it's saying to you, this is what it's really like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes, yeah, it would be great if we had exactly the right steel we wanted and then we could use it exactly for the product. Sometimes you reach into the bucket and it's unlabeled. Yeah. You know, sometimes you don't have that luxury. Sometimes you don't have the luxury of piles of piles of pre-cut, the right stock, the right diameter. Sometimes you're like, what's this mystery steel that Rasmus left yeah. me in the shed? I have no <laughs> idea what it is. And it's not labeled. Um and I can't get it hot enough to, to, to test sparks and shit like that. So yeah, like, yeah, yeah. just go with it. And, yeah. and, and if halfway through you realize it's not what you thought it is, um, or it turns out it's not wrought or it is wrought. And you're like, maybe I, I need to learn to adapt or yeah. I need to learn to change my technique or, mm-hmm. or learn. This is, this is life. And yeah. it fucks up like, um, wood. You might get halfway through a bit of wood and realize that the grain inside is completely fucked and you've got to throw it away. Yeah. Start again. You know, yeah. watching watching Joe make a bow, and you get to a certain point, and you're like I can't, I can't do it anymore. Yeah, you know, it's not this perfect thing where everything is homogenous and everything is pre-formulated. So, but I, then to to kind of argue on that one, like if if in, I mean, we're talking about class examples. Like, I think you brought the class scenario. Brett was yeah, talking yeah, about yeah, the- yeah. yeah. But <laughs> I I think like. Well, that's what I mean. Is like in, in a class scenario, I think it's, I yeah. I mean, like I said, the beginning of most classes, I tell people to burn a bit of steel so they can see what it looks like, um, and they know what to look out for. Um, but in a class environment, I think it is as sterile and boring as it is. I think it's important to uh, to only let those things go wrong as long as the student understands the like why they've gone wrong and i think it is a good thing to, for that to happen in a class environment where that that can be um uh told and, and and understood um i think i've seen a lot of people that have become really disheartened because a project's fucked up because you know their, their material has been wrong or whatever and like brett said like the the wonderful thing about seeing someone go from like heating up and hitting some mild steel to going to leaf spring or any kind of high carb and that like oh fuck this is a lot more difficult that's brilliant and yeah you should definitely do that imagine mike's next next time 
Yeah, when he's just got some mild, and he's he's yeah. just making like a coat hook or something. And it's the, it's like butter, yeah. and he's yeah. just like this is so enjoyable. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's, it's, like doing I a welding class on like a, a five grand welding setup, and then yeah. you go home and, and you've got your eighty quid fucking tool station <laughs> welder. Yeah, and you're like, I forgot, it doesn't work. Everything I learned in the class doesn't work. It's like no, it's yeah. because it's a totally different experience. Yeah. And I think that that's that's kind of what I'm getting at, though, is the fact that. As long as people understand why, as in, you know, so, I mean, it, like, like you say, it's so easy to read, especially when it's comments online, it's so easy to read them in a negative kind of um, aggressive manner. But it, I think it is important for people to to point these things out to people that are beginners, because I don't know, I'm assuming this was a video that was on Mike's channel, Brett. Yeah, no, yeah. it was a video I put out, Steve. All right, okay. If you don't want to watch it, no worries. I appreciate I you. I, I, I haven't you. been on YouTube for a while. Don't um, worry about it. I'm just kidding. But but yeah, so all right, okay. In which case, yeah, the guy's a little less kind of I'm a little less on his side now. But yeah, if it was someone that um if it was Mike that had put out the video, I would be far more inclined to say that actually the guy's looking at it, he's looking at someone that's not really experienced with blacksmithing and he's pointing yeah. out something that's a potential issue. Absolutely. Um, I think I don't I, I don't know what this guy's uh, like whether he's a, a long-term subscriber of yours or whether he just no. came across this video um, he just came across um, so yeah he he might not know that actually you do have a little bit more experience than just someone that's heated something up for the first time it's true but you know not to we don't really need to try and dive down the rabbit hole of what it means to get a random YouTube comment. The whole reason I bring it up was, you know, in, in the sense that we're talking about learning these new skills, so much of what we've been talking about is how you do it on your own. Hmm. Um, but because of lockdown and, and antisocial nature of most of us, you're going to be watching videos or you're going to be trying to digest as much media or books or what have you to try and gain the information. This was a reminder of how this teaching process goes or how, how people can offer up their opinions. Steve, you have a very, very democratic way of looking at teaching and knowledge sharing, right? I don't ever take anything that you say, even if you're just being kind of a dick about it, it's for good reason. It's because you yeah. have more knowledge than me and you're trying to, educate me on something yeah but if at any point in the conversation say we were talking about these knives specifically and you go well you know you really shouldn't use that or whatever and I go, steve i just need to practice making a yeah. shape and going through the hardening process yeah. so if i cock this up i don't feel bad about it and you go great like yeah. there wouldn't be a discussion after that because it's all yeah. about intent right yeah, if yeah. you sit down at a potter's wheel and come up with just a piece of garbage and the walls are way <laughs> too thick and it will never fire properly because you have uh, your tapers are too random and something's too thick versus too thin, whatever, you know, yeah. I know there, I know there are specific um, details when it comes to throwing and having something bake properly without it breaking. In my mind, it's, it's so similar, you know, you're working yeah, with yeah. this clay stuff. And if somebody came to you and was just like, no, that's never going to work. Like before you even got to the firing process, it's like, yeah. no, it'll never work. Then what do you do? That's a yeah. huge, 
not deterrent, but for most people, you go, man, I'm I'm just trying to figure it out, or like I'm just learning. So it's it's less about the idea that you know this guy's comment stopped us from doing anything, or that I'm very upset. It it was a reminder that when we want to learn these new skills, finding the information that is the correct information, or trying to utilize the the people that we have within our groups, you know, that may have more knowledge than you. It's super important to come at it with a, I don't know, just a more neutral yeah, understanding yeah. of things. Like, you know more than me. I need to learn from you because you know more than me. Yeah. But also be understanding of the fact that I am, I love the challenge or I love the new thing. I am yeah. in, you know, I've been inspired by this thing. So I want to try it. Don't deter me from making a table by telling me I can't just use the pine two by fours down the street. Like yeah. they are free Pretty and hard. I don't know what I'm doing. I think I don't like, want to step up to Walnut right now. Like, don't tell me how I need to use <laughs> tropical hardwoods. I'm going to go build a shitty table so that I can build a table. Firstly, I definitely want to maintain the use of the phrase step up to Walnut. Cause that's beautiful. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I 100% agree, but I I think like the the kind of point that we're we're skirting around is there yes, you have to be humble, you have to be willing to accept information from other people, but and this is something that we we've talked about quite a few times is that like accepting that information, you shouldn't just do it outright. You shouldn't just go, "Oh, well, Al told me not to paint that bit green, so I'm not going to paint that bit green. Like, Too fucking right. Always paint it green. Um, green is not a creative color. Um, but you, you, know, you, you need to understand the reason why. So, you know, why shouldn't I fire that bit of pottery? Why shouldn't I paint that thing green? Why shouldn't I use that thing for this project or whatever? Like, And, and if you understand the reasons why, then you can understand um, if something does go wrong, whether it was the fault of the material or the technique or the whatever. Um, so you don't end up blaming uh, yourself for something for something going wrong that you don't understand. And I think that's the thing is like when when we when we learn new things, we do always make mistakes. I mean, like, like I said, the first spoon that I made was a complete fuck up because I didn't know what I was doing. This one. I've made a shitload of mistakes because I didn't know what I was doing. Um, but I'm starting to get an understanding of why I made this mistake and why that didn't work and why I need to do it like this. Um, and I think whenever you're learning anything, like the most important question is always why. Um, and if you understand that and you understand why something went wrong, then you can start progressing on. And by the looks on your faces, I'm guessing that means that asking why is spiffing. Fuck it out. <laughs> People let me think that all spiffing. Uh, have you got an order then? Yes, sab. Sab. Uh, which means that I'm going first and I am... Unlike Al, I am super excited about this because I love spiffing people. It's the best <laughs> thing in the world. <laughs> look on your face. What's your t-shirt, by the way? I can't see it. Hang on. What's it from, oh. Steve? I don't know. You do. Do I? You do. Okay. Uh, I am going to spiff. Uh, who am I spiffing? I am spiffing. Uh, I think this is a re-spiff. Um, but... 
I don't care. Uh, so I'm going to spiff um, Rob from Woodage and Budage, uh, who is a um, a green woodworker quite near us. Um, I got to meet him through work. Uh, we have worked with him a little bit before. Um, part of the reason I was going on about the like the geometry, the axe geometry, is because we spent a bit of time working with him on carving axes and. I'd said at the time, oh, that's really interesting. I really want to try that out. And this is part of the reason why I was going on about, you know, the fact that actually I've learned not just the um, the theory behind it, but the actual practical side of things. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and also, Rob just makes really fucking gorgeous things. He makes these tiny little coffee scoops that are really cute, and I'm totally going to rip off the design and make my own version uh, and then tag him in it and be like, Rob, look what I did. Can you send me one of yours? Because yours are better. Um, Steve just verbally confirmed he's a thief. <laughs> I am. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, he, he does make super, super lovely stuff. And he's he's a really, really nice guy. He's also got an axe by uh, James, I think it's James Woods. Yeah, James Wood. Um, not James Woods, as in the guy, the actor, but James Wood. Uh who is someone else that you should all check out because he makes beautiful tools. Um, yeah, that's it. That's my spiffing. Sab, Al, you are next. Yes, so approximately this time last year, I think I already spiffed this, um, and it's the His Dark Materials uh, TV show Ooh, on the BBC, yes. and the second series is out now, and it's just as beautiful and just as glorious and just as full of animals as the first series was. Um, it's just got more and more entertaining and it's nice to see television networks still putting effort into making television shows and it not just being yeah. streaming services. So if you've not read uh, the Philip Pullman series of books or you've no interest or you'd never heard of it, um, his Dark Materials TV show is really good and it's really high production value. It's got great actors in. It's got the little kid from Logan in. Um, yeah. Yeah, I it's really good. enjoyed the first season. It's a hundred times better than that film that they made with Daniel Craig about 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah, that was awful. Um, yeah, no, good shout. I, uh, like I said, I really enjoyed the first one and I'm looking forward to being the second one very soon. Brett, what about you? Well, I got a suggestion from YouTube and it was a good one. Uh, about two weeks ago, if I remember correctly. This young gentleman, his channel's name is Animist, A-N-I-M-I-S-T, like animation, Animist. He does stop motion, and it looks attainable. <laughs> um, I, I'm not sure what uh, production software he's using, but just as far as the setup goes, and lighting, and these, he's got a couple of these little... Uh, I don't know what you would call them. It's what you can actually hang the pieces on and move them around. So they're Armature. just little arms, armatures. Oh my God. <laughs> they're little arms. <laughs> so the armatures that he has look either handmade, homemade. Uh, it, one of them looks like a telescoping magnet that he's attached a couple of things to. Anywho, uh, the work that he does or the videos that he's putting out on his YouTube channel are beautiful. They're very well done, very high quality. And the last few started out the same way with 
he shows you the animation and then goes through the actual build process and then shows you the animation again. So you get kind of the after before and after so that you get to put the process together in your head, which I think mm -hmm. is wonderful. And even being able to see uh, the onion skinning app that he's using or whatever the software is and just being able to see how he moves things back and forth and being able to watch the animation between frames. Oh my gosh. He has a tiny clapper board as well. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. wonderful. And you know, he's, he's got a decent amount of subscribers already at 80 K, but I, I feel like this is going to just continue to explode. Yeah. Just because they're, they're just delightful. There's not much going on. He's not trying to make any grand statements. He's not crazy on camera and saying like impossible animation thing. It's just silliness and it's delightful. It's, 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 I love it. So if anybody wants to get into stop motion or uh, honestly, I feel like stop motion as it's three dimensions, there's a lot that can be gained when we're talking about sharing skills from other aspects of making, looking at things in three-dimensional space, if you want to get into 2D or if you're working on anything in the digital world, it will help a lot. Like understand the relationship between objects in a frame or in a space, how they move over time. Doing little, I don't know, stop motions even just as uh, storyboarding can help a lot for when you're getting into two dimension or or any kind of like After Effectsy stuff. So I think there's a lot of back and forth. Like doing traditional animation, two D can help feed a little bit of like stop motion or three dimension, and vice versa. I have loved all of the videos this person has produced so far, and I'm just I'm excited to keep seeing more. These little stories he creates with these little action figures that he buys. So, Al, this was another reminder of the kit bashing stuff that you might be doing in the future. Is this, I watch this and I'm like, man, I've got a few little resin figures. I wonder if I could chop them up and make little yes. armatures and just do little things. It, this seems like a delightful skill. Yeah, no, that's a great shout. Really cool looking channel. Um, Cheers, bro. Yeah, nice. Right. Nice. Any other business? I have some any, yes. any other business, so fuck you both. Uh, <laughs> about two, two, three, three weeks ago, maybe four weeks ago, uh, the two of you um, got very excited talking about um, the Bobiverse. And I am now about an hour away from finishing book three. <laughs> and holy shit, <laughs> it's so fucking good. Yeah. Like, I, I had to buy extra credits to be able to continue listening to <laughs> I, I was lucky it timed just perfectly that I got, my, I got my credits just in time otherwise I would have had to do the same yeah, yeah. I had four months of credits saved up I was like <laughs> hey all right yes uh yeah the Bobberverse books are audiobooks are brilliant although I, I don't know if you guys listen to it uh while you're at work as well but there's been on more than one occasion where I've zoned out for like 30 seconds and it's gone from like being Howard to Bill, and I've not like heard the transition. So all of a sudden they're talking about something else. I'm like, wait, hang on, that's yeah. that's not Howard. That's if you're not paying attention to the first line of the chapter, you completely yeah. don't know what's going yeah. on. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that was a great shout. So I that gets the full backing from the Fools with Tools. Uh, hope absolutely. Hopes. Yeah, uh, yeah. 
So if you haven't checked it out, go check it out. It's really good. Um, yeah. Well, New like, Letter you... Kenny. Ah, oh, yes. <laughs> so good. Which I'll be excited to watch. And then, uh, did you have something else, Steve? Uh, no, I thought Al did. Yeah, I have. Go on. So if you're following uh, the lovely Emil, uh, a.k.a. the practical engineer, mm-hmm. um, what I love about Emil, among other things, is his very stubborn Dutchness and kind of <laughs> all his narration and all his kind of uh, Instagram annotations and stuff are all in Dutch. Yeah. Um, power to him. You know, he is Dutch. Why Why bow to the masses? Um, so I, I don't really... I mean, I obviously understand... A, a bit um what he's talking about but he it looks like he's making hovercraft <laughs> <laughs> a full-size human hovercraft <laughs> um and it just got me thinking because we were uh, discussing fiberglass earlier he's he's building it uh, initially out of foam i presume just for buoyancy yeah. um but i'm i don't know where, how it's going to end up um it, again he's he's quite um secretive with his projects and it kind of just teases things and teases techniques and, and processes um, until the end. And it's obviously something just over-engineered and, and mental. Um, but judging by the, the, the last couple of posts on, on his Instagram, it's, he's clearly making a hovercraft. So uh, I can't wait to see where this project goes. Awesome. Um, as I say, last year, I think him and um, best boy Tyler were having a kind of attempt to, to make the stupidest, all <laughs> openers. Um, I'm not quite sure who won that one, but uh, Emil's was incredibly over-engineered. So follow him if you're not already, just to keep track of where this project ends up in the new year. Good shout. Uh, cool. Anything else? Yes. No. No. Cool. Uh, in which case, uh, without further ado, um, if you want to find us, you can find us in all of the usual social media places. You can find me at Moonshine Metalworks or on YouTube as The Forge, because uh, I sometimes forget to say that. Um, you can find Brett at Skull and Spade 13, and you can find Al at Al's Hack Shack. Wherever Probably. lovely pigtails oh. are what. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Um, if you want to find us as a group, uh, Falls with Tools. Just, just Google it. Um, uh, you know the drill. Um, we love you all, uh, especially you, unnamed German friend who's gin and tonic and Lego I have enjoyed tremendously. Um, Thanks, Jan. Fuck's sake. Said not to mention him. Uh, but yes, uh, we love you all, and we shall see you in 2021. Let's make it a good one. Bye! Bye.